0: Hey guys, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Broken by Grace podcast. Um, As always, an honor um, and a privilege to be here to be able to speak about God's word. Um, First of all, I'd just like to thank everyone for their love, for their support, for their prayers, um, for the lovely text messages, um, the encouragement. It's really overwhelming, it's humbling as well. I mean, I just really thank God for all that God does and all that God is doing and all that God will do. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to go straight into today's into today's episode. Um, and Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for being such a good God. Truly, you are a good Father. Um, you're so amazing. And our minds will never be able to fathom and never be able to complement the majesty that is you. So I'm so thankful. We all are so thankful. And so I come to ask that as I speak these words that truly no man is worthy enough to speak of. For the other words of life, the other words of the one true King, the Omnipotent God. I ask that you come and help me to speak your words as you would speak it. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask for your help, I ask for your guidance, I ask for your So in today's episode, we're going to be speaking about the love of God, and the love of God is, I believe, again one of the very core principles of Christianity and our walk with God as a whole. Um, is it possible to speak about God without speaking about love? Because really, God is love, and that's the first thing that I want to point out is that God is love God is love is not something that God has love is not something that God possesses God is love Um, so when we speak about love we speak about God we speak about his nature his being his his essence who he is um, what he is Um, so wherever God arrives love arrives Um, whenever God speaks love speaks God heals, love heals. Whenever God rebukes, love rebukes. Um, that's who God is. God is love. and um, it's important to also point out that you know um, there are there's three there's three types of love as we well as we know it. Well, as I was taught in in um, Sunday Sunday school classes growing up in a Christian background. Obviously, as many of you know, my father's a pastor. And um, just by the way, shout out to my dad, Mom, such an amazing man of God. Um, such an amazing man of God I, I can't speak highly enough about my father he's he is I don't know he's I I man I I don't know I don't know that he's ever going to listen to this but dad I love you I honor you I appreciate you I pray that every seed you've sowed in my life you you live to see uh, but my dad is such an amazing man of God such an amazing man such a powerful anointed man of God um but yeah going back to what I was saying which was in Sunday school they taught us about the three types of love and so there's philia, there's eros and there's agape right so when we speak about the love of god we're talking about agape like agape love or agape is love so we're talking about agape which is the love of god which is god's love which is god's nature um speaks to the love between brothers and sisters and you know like friends that love where you, know, you just see someone the warmth um that people have amongst themselves and eros obviously speaks about erotic love which is the love a man feels towards a woman or a woman feels towards a man so there's three types of love but we're speaking about agape which is god which is god not god type of love which is god so like i was saying earlier the first thing is that god is love um, and god shows himself by giving us himself Um, because like i said god is love so when God sent Jesus Christ, He sent love. And I, I one thing that I always say is love always results in an action. Love always results results in an action. Love is, as it were, for lack of a better word, it involves I was gonna say action now, but love involves action. So God shows himself, God shows his love for us by giving us Himself. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3, verse 16, most popular scripture for anyone who's a Christian. For God, which is love so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe on him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life so what god did was god gave us love himself through jesus christ because he is love um so that's so important because love remember the scripture says for god so loved that means the motivation behind god's action of giving us jesus christ was one love was to for the purpose that we might have eternal eternal life which again means we might have access to the eternal love of the father which means we have access to the eternal blessings that are seated in heavenly places for those who walk in abundance of the same love so god is love and then god gave us love he showed us his love by then giving us love um so that's such a it's such a gift. Um, every time I think about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, I remember during Easter when we watched the Passion of Christ and all those things, and even just sometimes during the month and during the week and um, weeks of the year when I'm meditating, it's, it's amazing how much love God actually has for us. The Bible tells us that no greater love than this than a man should lay down his life for his brother. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. Um, so, you know, I feel like a lot of us need to actually get to that point where we understand that, the motivation behind what God did for us or everything that God does is love, it's the purity of the Father's love. Now, God loved us first, and so it's also important to note that there's nothing that we can do to make God love us any less or really any more. Um, there's a song called Jaira by Maverick City Music, I'm sure you all know it, and it says, I'll never be more loved than I am right now wasn't holding you up, yeah. You know, that's the first line I'll never be more loved than I am right now, which basically is just saying that there's nothing that we can do to make God love us anymore or any less. His love towards us is fixed, it's, it doesn't change. The Bible says, I am the Lord God, I do not change, I change not. So, His love for us is fixed, and there's nothing we can do to make Him love us anymore. Um, and so. The principle here i'm trying to point out is that god loved us first which means that god can then now change his mind and say ah i don't love this one again this one is a bad child this person is a bad person Nah, god loves us he loved us first even before we loved him even before we were born he loved us he still will love us after no matter what you do god will love you now as we go on in the episodes you will understand that that love is not a license for us to sin. it's not a license for us to to behave as it were um out of the flesh but rather it's a it's a it's a, it's an enticement for us to live a life that is full and a life that is pleasing to his eyes because like i said he loved us first the bible tells us in first john chapter 4 verse 19 it says we love him because he loved us first and remember the scripture that says god does not change so if he loved us first it means he would always love us there's absolutely nothing that we can do paul tells us this what shall separate us from the love of God? It says, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing shall separate us from the love of God. I think I should read that scripture. Let me just read that scripture. Because it shows that there's absolutely nothing that we can do. It's in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says, in the King James Version, as always it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? In verse 36, it then says, it says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In verse 37, it then goes on to say, nay, which means no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. How? Through him that loved us. So the dominion that we seek to establish on this earth in our lives, of our souls, of our circumstances, of our environment is through the love of Christ. What that also means is that for you to establish a mindset of dominion, for you to actually be victorious in this life here on earth, for you to have dominion over principalities and powers you have to have a revelation of the love of god you have to have a revelation of god's love towards you because it says in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us so if you are unaware of the love that god has for you you will live life through a defeatist mentality as opposed to living in the above life where god tells us that we are seated with him in high places if you do not think that god loves you you would never think that you are worthy to be sat in heavenly places with him but the moment you have an understanding and a deep personal revelation of that love of God towards you, then it changes everything. You live life from a victorious mentality because you are you are aware, you are, um, you are as it were, you have a conviction and understanding, a revelation of the love that God has for us. Now, understand that the love of God must be received and a revelation of that love must also be given to us. How is it given to us? By the Holy Spirit. When we open the scriptures through the pages of scriptures when we read our Bible, the Holy Spirit begins to impact into each and every one of us light, it begins to show each and every one of us light and then through that revelation, through that understanding, we are able to accurately and holistically receive the love of God through revelation. We are able to walk and bask in that love. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? How? by the holy ghost which is given unto us and this is one of the key responsibilities of the holy spirit the bible tells us jesus says it shall guide you into all truth." now this is one of those truths the truth of the love of god it says that the love of god is shed abroad what that means is that the love of god is made manifest a revelation of that love is is implanted into our hearts by the holy ghost by revelation from the word of god the bible says the entrance of his word giveth light and it giveth understanding. What that means is that as we commune with the Holy Spirit, as we allow the Holy Spirit to, to communicate with us, to impact in our hearts and our souls, to change our characters, as we read through the pages of scripture, the Holy Spirit begins to take us deeper, give us gives us deeper understanding, deeper revelation of God's love. That revelation of God's love is important because it is through that revelation, through that understanding of his love that we can then be victorious. Remember the scripture in first in Romans chapter five, verse five that says Pardon me, the scripture in Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says we are conquerors through him who loved us which means our avenue for victory is through the father through a revelation of that love that he has for us that is why it's so important that's why the devil tries to keep us down with guilt and feeling like we are not worthy to be in God's presence of a truth we're not worthy in the sense that no man I mean what is man that God is mindful of us however through the promise through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the promise of scripture We are able to then have access to the weaponry, to the arsenal of the spirit we are able to have access to the above life to the dominion life by virtue of the power of the holy spirit by virtue of the sacrifice of jesus christ so what the devil does is that the devil tries to bring in guilt he tries to bring in shame he tries to bring in all kinds of things and so we then feel like we're not worthy of the love that god has for us that's the devil's trick. That's the devil's plan. He wants us to feel like we're not worthy of being in God's presence. That we're not worthy of coming to God our Father. I remember a lot of the times I used to deal with guilt for all the things that I used to do. The stupid sins that I used to commit. Or um, well not me, but the sin nature in me used to commit. <laughs> it wasn't me that I used to commit those things. It was the sin. One of the things that used to happen was the devil make me feel so guilty, man. Like, God doesn't love you, man. Like, God, like, you shouldn't be in God's presence. And the deception is so when i had the revelation of the deception of guilt it changed my life completely because what the devil does is the devil brings guilt to you and he tries to make it seem like you're not good enough to be in god's presence now what that means is okay so i'm not good enough to be in god's presence but somehow i'm good enough to be on your team to be in your in your presence like i'm good enough to stand before you like bro have you seen you you are a devil (laughs) like i would rather be unworthy of being in God's presence than feel like ah, I'm shot bad enough to be in your presence, no, absolutely not absolutely not I'm not trying to be like you, I'm trying to be like God so I am worthy to be in his presence and even if he says I'm not worthy to be in his presence, then I would wait and I would sit in the outside courts. I will sit in the outside court like the woman, like the Samaritan woman says, She says, even though I can't eat the bread, at least the dogs eat the crumbs, so if you're trying to tell me I'm not worthy enough to be in God's presence, which I know I am I'm still not going to give up and then succumb to your life and to your ways i would bask and i would wait and i would tarry outside in the outer court until he draws me in but the thing about it is we don't even have to do that but it's the deception of the devil through guilt and through shame that you know that he tries to throw at each and every one of us that we need to overcome but the things we can only combat that we can only combat that guilt and that shame through a revelation of god's love for us that is shed abroad in our hearts um i do not seek to boast but and i'm not trying to boast but recently i've come into one of the strongest because i mean i've I, I had to go through a series of shakings over the course of the year um and i recently i've come to a revelation i've come to a point in my life where i know that nothing no devil in hell would ever make me feel like god doesn't love me no devil in hell it's impossible i know the love that god has for me i have seen it i have tasted it i have felt it i have seen it work in my life in tremendous ways and i know that indeed god loves me and that's because of a revelation of the love of god through um through the word of god and through the experiences and the encounters that i've had with god himself so i know that god loves me now you see the thing about it is god's love is multidimensional. God's love works it's 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 impossible to as it were to try and put the love of God into a box because God's love for you in one instance might be he's chasing you and he's he's smacking you with the rod. God's love for you in another instance is that could be that he is he's telling you like Moses you will not enter into the promised land but you will see it. God's love for you in another instance might be God coming through for you like he did for Esther. You know be over the course of the scriptures, we see the different dimensions of God's love. God's love is not always, Oh, you prayed for this, I will give it to you. God says unto Paul. He says, Paul says that God gave me a messenger, a thorn of Satan, a messenger of Satan was given to me, a thorn in my flesh. And I besought the God, I besought the Lord three times, but he did not take it away. However, he said, My grace is sufficient. But yet we say God loves me, but yet He's allowing this thorn, this messenger from Satan to buffet me that really can't be love so we will think but when we understand the scriptures when we understand what god's love actually is through revelation by the holy spirit we understand that god's love is multi-dimensional i'm going to read ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19 it's a long portion of scripture but it is so important it's ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19 it says for this cause this is Paul speaking now to the church in Ephesus. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now, this is the key part. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Understand, the riches of God's glory are infinitesimal. I think that's the word. Like, it's, they, they, you can't, his riches in glory are, you can't quantify. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. How? by his spirit in your inner man now he's saying that this strengthening of god's spirit is for a particular purpose he says that he will grant you according to which will grow to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man now there's a reason for this strengthening this is the punchline it says that christ will dwell in your hearts by faith one because without faith it's impossible to please god and faith is the basis upon which we then do everything in this life he says that christ was done in your hearts by faith one that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the one breath two length three depth four height So that's the multidimensional nature of God's love. There is a length, there is a breadth, there is a depth, and there is a height of God's love. And Paul is saying that he's praying, that he has prayed that we will be strengthened in our inner man so that Christ will now dwell in us, how? By faith. When we are now strengthened and we now and christ now dwells in our hearts by faith then we can be rooted and grounded in love and not just be rooted and grounded in love we are then able to understand the dimensions of god's love towards us because god's love is multi-dimensional as i said and to know the love of christ that surpasses all knowledge and understanding that we might be filled with the fullness of god so in order for us to have a to walk in complete and total fullness of god's love we must we must of a necessity understand and have a revelation of god's love one by faith and two by the help of the holy spirit that's so important it's so important that revelation of god's love is so important and i i keep saying god's love is multidimensional because if you think that god's love is going to be only one way then you miss it um and let me think of an example so you know the with the children of israel um in one instance God says to them well Moses well God reminds them of Moses reminding Moses is reminding them that you know you have tarried in the wilderness 40 years your shoes did not your shoes did not do not do not uh, there were no breakages in your shoes your shoes did not wear out your clothes did not wear out When you needed water I gave it to you well God gave it to you you ate the manna you ate the bread of heaven the bread from heaven now Moses has said all these things to tell them that you saw God's love. You saw God's faithfulness while you were in the wilderness, right? But then after they murmured and everything, it took them 40 years, 40 years in order to get into the wilderness, get into the promised land, 40 years, guys. But even in the midst of that, God still showed them love. However, Sometimes when they murmured, God would punish them. God would strike them down. God would, He would, when they murmured against Moses, when when people spoke against Moses, the ground opened to swallow up some of them. But yet we still say God is love, and it's what some of us deal with a lot. Personally, I've dealt with it, where it's like God, you give me all these promises, you tell me all these things, you're, it's like you're leading me to my own promised land. But why is it taking so long? Why am I having to go through this wilderness season? why is it so long why is it so dry why is it so why does nothing seem to be working out for me however in the midst of me going through that wilderness season I have not lacked I haven't begged for bread God has been faithful I'm still alive I have my family is doing well I have eyes I have ears I can record a podcast I have a mouth. I have the holy spirit These are the multidimensional areas, multidimensional aspects of God's love. God's love is not always going to be roses, roses, roses. Give me, give me, give me, give me. No, 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 no. There's a length, there's a depth, there's a breadth, and there's a height of God's love. I could go deeper into that, but I really don't want to go into that because i try to make this as short as possible. Now, when you understand and you have a revelation of God's love, you are able to live a victorious Christian life. Now, the question is, okay, so, Adi, Daniel, why does God love me? Now, there's so many reasons why, but I've written down three reasons and I'm just going to go um, and hit them running. The first reason why God loves us is because God made us in his image. So love of a necessity must love love, right? The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God is speaking, God the Father is speaking. He says, let us make man in our own image, which means let us reciprocate love. Let us let us reproduce love. And if God is love, God of 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 by compulsion must love love because he made us in his image and best believe god loves himself if god loves himself then he has to love you so he loves us because we are made in his image it's um i don't know if you guys have ever seen a well i mean nothing equates to the father's love but just to give you guys a just an example have you ever seen a mother with her child I've, if you if you ever want like if you want someone to be angry if you ever look if you ever need to if you want to just get on someone's nerves when a woman gives birth to her child just try and just maybe do something to the child maybe beast the child or steal the child's biscuits or something like that you see the woman she turns into something else because what you are doing is you are putting your hands on what on what she has created or what she has on a, an image, like a carbon copy of herself, what she has replicated. You then put your hands on it. Women do the same thing. Sorry, I, I'm what I meant to say is God is the same way. God, of a necessity, has to love us because that's He's when He sees when He sees me, He doesn't see some guy with a big head and I don't know nice eyebrows. When God sees me, He sees love and of a necessity he must love me because he sees himself so that's the reason why one reason why another reason why is because god loves us so that we can so so that we as his children can replicate god can replicate his nature and that's why when he created man he then said to them be fruitful and multiply what that means is be fruitful multiply love multiply yourself multiply me because you are made in my image be fruitful and multiply he says he says he wants us to replicate himself replicate his nature replicate his love replicate his dominion subdue the earth to have control over the earth the bible tells us in john chapter 15 verse 10 says if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love even as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in my father's love and that is so important God gave us himself, then he gave us the Bible, he gave us Jesus Christ and says, if you walk after my commandments, if you keep doing these commandments, you would abide in my love. And it's the same exact way Jesus was saying, as I abide in my father's love. God wants us to replicate himself. He wants us to replicate his love. He wants us to go out into the world and be a shining light. The Bible says a city that is set upon a hill. No one lights a candle and and puts it under a bushel. He wants our light to shine he wants men to be drawn to us which means men will then be drawn to him because we are loving because we show love men then would also be able to love because love is the greatest at the end of the day so that's part of why he loves us because through his love for us we are able to when we get a revelation of that love we are then able to love other people other people are then able to love other people other people like then it was love other people it then creates a domino effect of love and we all fall down at the feet of the master and we understand that we are there because of the love that he has for us that was the original plan when he said let us make man in our own image then he gave us authority Then gave us dominion because he's saying replicate my love reproduce my love first of all in yourself then in other people another reason why god loves us is so that we can be an example and so we can love others and through that love, we can then draw more men onto his kingdom. The Bible tells us in John chapter 13 in verses 34 to 35, it says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one towards another. So the hallmark of being a true Christian, the hallmark of being a true disciple of Christ is by showing love, is by being an example of love, is by being an expression of God's love. That is the true hallmark of every Christian because the Bible says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if ye have love one to another. So as Christians, we shouldn't be involved in things like cancel culture, we shouldn't be involved in things like slandering people unnecessarily. That... that, these things should not like like paul says to timothy don't let these things be even mentioned once amongst you we shouldn't be involved in anything that is against love anything that does not promote the love of god anything that is not done in love we should not be there because the bible says by this by which means by this love which means by love by loving one another will men know that you are my disciples if you have love one towards another so our mandate as christians is to love other people it's to develop the love of God in our lives. And then through that love, be a witness. The Bible says you shall be witnesses. Be a witness to the ends of the entire earth, to the ends of the world. Our love will witness to other men. And then through that, we will then draw men into God's kingdom. Love is the greatest thing that there is. And I mean, this is simply because God is love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul says, And now abideth faith, hope, and love. Is charity these three but the greatest of all these is charity now this is so important the greatest of all these is love now understand that faith is so important because the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God the Bible tells us that through faith you understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God it says that he that comes to God must believe that he is that means you must have faith faith is so important but hope too is important because the Bible says hope deferred make the heart, makes the heart sick it says that He that hath this hope in himself will purify himself. The Bible says Christ in you, Jesus in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So hope is also important. Hope and faith are basically central, if not pivotal. They're probably one of the most pivotal keys to our Christian walk. But however, Paul tells us that these three things exist and rightly so. However, the greatest of these things is charity, is love that's because God is love and without love you we are nothing I am nothing you are nothing Paul says if I give my body to be burnt and I have not love I'm nothing he says if I speak the tongues of men and of angels if I prophesy and do not have love I'm nothing love is so important love is so important he says if I speak with tongues I'm like this tingling symbol if I do not have love love is the foundation Love is the foundation of anything for anything that we want to do. And everything that we do and everything that God does it must be from a place of love. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, "The Lord had appeared on the Lord had appeared of old unto me," which is Jeremiah saying, "Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love." Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. I'm going to read that again because it's such a powerful scripture. He says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yes, I have loved you. That's the word. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. So, love is the basis, the foundation for which everything exists. Love is the basis, it's the, it's the motive through which God acts. It's why God created you and I. It's why God created the lilies and the valleys. It's why God created the sun and the moon and the stars. It's why God created you. It's why God created me. It's why God is taking you and I through periods of testing and trying. It's why God is never going to forsake us. It's why God has made you a Nigerian, even though I must admit Nigeria isn't the most pleasant place to be. It's why God has given you that sibling. It's why God has given you that marriage or that relationship. Because He says, He has loved us with an everlasting love. Everlasting love means, Kulitu, Yerba, that means it does not finish. And through that everlasting love, He draws us with His loving kindness. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for Your love. Your love. My mind cannot even comprehend how magnificent Your love is towards me. My mind cannot understand how magnificent your love is but your word tells us that you love us and I personally believe that you love each and every one of us I believe that you love me but I ask that you come and grant me a deeper revelation a deeper understanding of your love towards me and towards my fellow men, because your word tells us that if we do not love our brother who we can see how then can we love you who we cannot see so father I ask for an outpouring of fresh grace, an outpouring of fresh mercy, an outpouring of fresh help, fresh revelation, so that we would truly see ourselves and see our fellow men the same way that you see us. That we will become aware of your love, more aware of your love. And we would walk in that love. And we will become conscious of the greatest force that exists on this earth, which is your love. I thank you so much, Father. Thank you for loving me. Because because you love me, I can love you back. And I can love my fellow men. Such an honor. And I just, I appreciate you. And I thank you. Thank you for your love. 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 Thank you for your reckless love. Thank you for your abundant love. Thank you for your overwhelming love. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. guys thank you so much for listening um, it's the Broken By Grace podcast this is such a great episode if you ask me <laughs> um, don't forget to share with someone you love, subscribe um, and i see you guys in the next episode, remember God loves you um, and be a blessing, be a shining light love someone the way God loves them, see someone the way God sees them and I pray that God blesses each and every one of us have a super amazing week everyone God's blessings, right?